We're going to start our services this morning. If you guys have been with us before, usually you'll uh, recall that we've got a pretty full praise and worship team on the, on the back row here, but, uh, but that's a little bit different this morning. We've invited somebody to come in and sing for us, um, Miss Megan Pettis and her husband Logan. Um, they've come from Luling to sing for us, so if you guys will uh, give a warm welcome to Logan and Miss Megan. Some glad morning we shall see Jesus in the air Coming after you and me, joy is ours to share What rejoicing there will be when the saints shall rise Headed for that jubilee that's yonder in the skies and Oh, what singing, oh, what shouting On that happy morning when we all shall rise Oh, what glory, hallelujah when we meet our blessed Savior in the skies. When with all the heavenly hosts we begin to sing, singing in the Holy Ghost, how the heavens will ring. Millions there will join the song, with them we shall be. Raising Christ through ages long, heaven's jubilee. And oh, what singing, oh, what shouting, on that happy morning when we all shall rise oh what glory hallelujah when we meet our blessed savior in the sky sing the wondrous love of jesus sing his mercy and his grace in the mansions bright and blessed he'll prepare for us a place when we all get to heaven what a day of rejoicing that will be yes when we all when we all see jesus we'll sing and shout the victory we all, when we all get to heaven what a day of rejoicing that will be Yes, when we all, when we all see Jesus, we'll sing and shout victory. That's beautiful. On a day that will be when my Jesus I shall see. When I look upon his face, the one who saved me by his grace, when he takes me by the me through the promised land what a day glorious day that will be what a day glorious day that will be amen y'all are wonderful seat. Listen to some beautiful music this morning. We pray it blesses you. Amen? If I'm blind 
to his will for me then i'll wait, then I'll wait to, be sure. to be sure and like paul, and like paul i'll have an answer, answer to at the end, end of damascus road i've been walking down damascus road and i've carried cares to the place where i'm waiting now tells me where to go from here. Amen. Are y'all excited to be in the house this morning? Amen. He is worthy to be praised this morning. We are so glad to be in Sutherland Springs, Texas. It's a beautiful spring day. He is worthy to be praised today. Well, I'm learning grace. Learning grace. I thought I'd never, never have. How to how wait upon the Lord. The answer's sweet. Answer's sweet. I think it's just, just inside. At the end of Damascus Road. I've been walking down Damascus Road. And I've carried, and I've carried cares to the place where I'm waiting now till the master tells me where to go from here. I've been walking down Damascus Road and I've carried, carried cares to the place where I'm waiting now till the master tells me where to go from here. Till the master tells me where to go from here. Amen. Y'all do this for me. Look at that. Y'all got this. I've been walking down Damascus Road and I've carried cares. To the place where I'm waiting now Till the master tells me where to go from here Till the master tells me where to go from here Amen If you're glad to be in God's house this morning, say amen Amen Amen. Stand up, men. Let's go to the Lord in prayer. It's good seeing everybody this morning. Father God, I do thank you for this opportunity we have to gather in your house. We've had a great Sunday school, and Megan and her husband is just putting this out to us today to worship to you, Lord God. Father, may we hear you through them, and may you just speak in a way today through each one of us individually. That If there is someone here today that does not know you, they'll come to that saving grace and that knowledge before it's too late. And those of us who do, We'll open our hearts and our eyes to what it is you have to speak specifically to us, whether it be through them in song or through a word, through a handshake, through a hug. May you be glorified. May you be able to look down from heaven and say, they are listening. Those are my children down there in Sutherland Springs. God, may you pour out your anointing upon us. May we just truly uh, open our hearts to your grace, and may we leave this place saying that we didn't come to church, not saying that we just heard some music, but that we came and stood and worshiped in the presence of our Lord. Father, may your will be done this day. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Amen. Hallelujah. Like I said, it's good seeing everybody this morning. Walk around a second. Shake somebody's hand. Put an arm around them. And just tell them it's good to see them in God's house this morning.
Well, I'm gonna let the glory roll when the roll is falling glory. I'm gonna get beside of myself when I get beside the King that day. I'm gonna have the time of my life when the time of my life is over. I'm gonna get carried away when I get carried away. Well, I don't know why I become a little shy when I get around a whole lot of people. And I can't figure out why I never can shout about the drunk blood in my soul. I must confess I can't express the feelings deep inside me. These things I know and I cannot show one day will overflow. I'm gonna let the glory roll when the roll is called in glory. I'm gonna get beside of myself when I get beside the King that day. I'm gonna have the time of my life when the time of my life is over. I'm gonna get carried away when I get carried away. Well, I'll pass the clouds and I'll shout so loud it may sound like thunder. My tearful eyes will fill the sky until it looks like rain. When I leave this world past the gates of pearl and I stand before the your I'll lift my soul, let the glory roll, and from the holy cause my name. Well, I'm gonna let the glory roll when the roll is called in glory. I'm gonna get beside of myself when I get beside the King that day. I'm gonna have the time of my life when the time of my life is over. I'm gonna get carried away. When I get carried away, I'm gonna let the glory roll when the roll is called in glory. Yes, I am. I'm gonna get beside of myself when I get beside the King that day. I'm gonna have the time of my life when the time of my life is over. I'm gonna get carried away when I get carried away. I'm gonna get carried away, carried away. Okay, as we get to our seats, I have some announcements. Dave? Hey, Dave. Dave Arnold. Or David Kobach. Dave Arnold. Can I use your phone? Where's, uh, I can't see Morgan. Am I? Is that, something sounds weird to me. But I'm going to need the pulpit mic in just a moment as well. I'll just hit start, right? Okay. Okay, guys. As we get started this morning, we have several announcements, but before we go to the announcements, uh, as you, many of you may know, Don has been on our prayer list, and Don has been going through a lot of ups and downs with these seizures and such, and we laid hands on her a couple of weeks ago here at the church. Um, she sent a message to share with you guys. Now, you're all, you can't see her on the screen, but I'm going to put her up to the microphone so you guys can hear what she's saying this morning. Are we ready, baby? Okay, here we go. Well, I hit play, but it's not doing anything. 
everybody. I just wanted to let you know I miss you all. And I will be seeing each and every one of you very soon. You're all very special to my heart. And thank you so much for all of the prayers. They have helped me be at peace with everything that is going on. And I know our Lord and Savior has this. He has me, and he is in control. I love each and every one of you. Goodbye. Amen. And not that I'm reading your text, brother, but the text that came in was from Don and said, I'm okay. (laughs) (laughs) Amen. Continue to keep her in your prayers, guys. And that was our Sunday school lesson this morning as well, that in the midst of trials, in the midst of tragedies, if we will continue to put our focus and our faith and our hope, not in these physical bodies, not in our doctors, not in this world, but if we will put our faith and our hope in the Lord, no matter what the circumstances may be, on this side of glory, we can have the same testimony Don has. We know that he has this. Amen? Amen. Hallelujah. Praise the Lord. I see quite a few fanning. Is Pat in here? I was going to get Pat turn the air on. Daryl's not here today either. Okay, well, never mind. I'll get it myself in just a moment. <laughs> we, um, we have just uh, a few, few announcements I want to grab a hold of. One of which, it, it's there. I did not check, Christy, is the sign-up sheet in the back? Christy, you can't hear me. Um, is the sign-up sheet back there for what you want me? Don't know? Wendy? Oh, she's ducking behind the bulletin now. Um, there is going to be a sign-up sheet in the back, guys, and it's a, uh, we, if you did not know, May 19th is the dedication day, the opening day of the new facilities over here. The architects and the North American Mission Board came up with that date, everything's rolling, but unfortunately for the general manager, that put them really in a crunch. And so he has had to take temporary residence up here in Stockdale so he can be here every day just trying to to work and get that done. And to show our appreciation to, to him and the other foremen over there and to the people that are making this happen, to bring this to be, God is using them to bring us this newest uh, facility. We're going to put a sign-up sheet in the back to where we can make, uh, Christy can explain it better than I, but dip cookies, things of this nature, just to take over and say, hey, we truly appreciate what you're doing for us. Okay, so if you are interested in helping to show our appreciation to those folks next door that are doing this for us, there will be a sign-up sheet in the back back there. All right, next Sunday, it's also, this also did, isn't in your bulletin, but it's very important to write it in there. 7 a.m. is our sunrise service. We want to encourage everyone, invite you to come. 7 a.m. is our sunrise, S-O-N, rise service. We're going to be celebrating Easter, the resurrection day. We are going to celebrate that service there to celebrate the day. Everybody makes a lot about Christmas, and Christmas is great, but Christmas wouldn't be anything if we didn't have Easter. The fact that he arose from the grave. So we're going to gather at sunrise, and we're going to celebrate that, and the men are going to put together a a pancake breakfast, pancakes and sausage after that to stay, eat breakfast, and then you can hang out until Sunday school at 9.15, uh, 9.45, excuse me, and then 11 a.m. service, the children are going to be presenting a special part of the service next Sunday morning, Resurrection Day as well. So I want to encourage you, next Sunday, come and share with us, be a part of the sunrise service. 
Sunday evening. There will be no service next week because that is an opportunity for you to go and spend with family again to celebrate the, the, the resurrection of our Lord and Savior. Amen? Every message that you see Peter or Paul preach in the Scripture always includes the resurrection because without the resurrection, he died like any other man. But the resurrection showed that he endured the pain, the hardships, and, the, and everything for us to show that he could beat death, hell, and the grave, and that he really is Lord and Savior of our lives. So I encourage you to come out and be a part of that next Sunday morning. Uh, yes. Oh, I'll get, I didn't even know you were already working on that. I was going to grab them from our elder body. Yep, well, they'll be there. You'll have too many. I didn't know you were already doing it. Of course, I heard you like to sit back and just kind of give orders, but. Oh, my goodness, in church. <laughs> we do need to lay hands on David, rather bodily, to beat that demon out of him. But anyway, last but not least, I want to share with you. Oh, also, April 19th is a youth game night. That's coming up very quickly. want to make sure if the youth have not heard about it, Chris. All right, so youth or parents of youth that are coming to youth game night on the 19th, make sure you get with Chris to make sure he has enough food signed up. Last but not least, I wanted to share that, as you know, David spoke at another church last couple of weeks, different churches last couple of weeks, but this church here he wanted to really highlight. This was a Lutheran church in Quihee, Texas. Children, the kids, put together a lemonade stand out front, and at their lemonade stand for the church, those children made $454 and gave that to us here at the church. Amen. So in this envelope, $454 made by children selling lemonade that God blessed. Hallelujah. We need to keep that in our prayers as well. Amen. Hallelujah. Okay. Well, that's enough announcements this morning. Shane, come on up, brother. Let me pray with you. Father God, I come before you again. I do thank you for the Pettuses coming and leading us in music, but now you've brought my brother that's going to open the word and share a scripture reading with us. May you speak through him, and may we hear you through him. Bless him and, and Julie, his family, Lord. Just bless them for his willingness and a, a desire to be obedient and to share the gospel. Father, may we hear you in Jesus' name. Amen. Morning, church. We all have our daily battles that we're going through. Despite that, we're called not to worry, but allow the light of Jesus to shine through us and others' darkness. We are to pray, for, pray, for, pray to God for our needs and to be thankful. The scripture this morning is going to be Philippians 4, uh, chapter 4, verse 4 through 9. Rejoice in the Lord always. I will say it again. Rejoice. Let your graciousness, graciousness be known to everyone. The Lord is near. Do not worry about anything, but in everything, through pr prayer and petition with thanksgiving, let your, let your requests be made, to made known to God. And the peace of God, which surpasses every thought, will guard your hearts and minds in Christ Jesus. Finally, brothers, whatever is true, whatever is honorable, whatever is just, whatever is pure, whatever is lovely, whatever is commendable, if there is any moral excellence and if there is any praise, dwell on these things. 
Do what you have learned and received and heard and seen in me, and God, the God of peace will be with you. Let us pray. Father God, we come, we come before you to give thanks for our peace, comfort, and walking with us daily in this world. We thank, you for your, for the, we thank you for our salvation and the blood of Jesus Christ that covers us to pay for our sins. May we strive to be more like your son, Jesus, and light up the world. And may we always see the good in all situations and always praise your name. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Let's, let's just put our hands together to welcome back to Pettis' to come and sing for us this morning. It's a light that I might see And this light that shines in darkness now Is gonna safely lead me on And I know, I know if it wasn't for the lighthouse I know my ship would sail no more Everybody that lives around us, or all around us, they say tear that old lighthouse down. Cause those big ships, they don't sail this way anymore. So what's the use in that old thing standing around? Well, then my mind goes way on back to one stormy. Night when just in time, praise God, I saw the light. It was the light from that old lighthouse, and it's still standing there on the hill. And I thank God for the lighthouse. I owe my life to. in he has shown his love 
private eye I might clearly see If it wasn't for that lighthouse Where would this ship be? prayer this morning is that each of you knows this lighthouse. His name is Jesus. It says if we depend on him that we have a home eternal waiting for us. Amen. And my heart's own home Though I've never really had one To call my own But I've been given a key By a carpenter from Galilee With interest paid the titles made to me. first I'll see when my journey's over I am going home y'all believe that this morning in Sutherland Springs amen everybody dreams of going home it seems Lately, I am no exception to that rule. Oh, but home is so much more than windows, walls, and doors. It's a warm embrace and a smiling face there to welcome you. But his sweet face will be the first I'll see When my journey's over, I am going home Where there is no night Where the sun is the light The place I've been dreaming of so long 
But his sweet face will be the first I'll see when my journey's over. I am going home. When my journey's over, I am going home. Amen. Because of the cross, we're given the promise of heaven. I'm so glad and so blessed to sing to you here this morning and tell you about Jesus and all that he's done for you. Amen. Y'all listen to a beautiful song. I'm not on an ego trip. Folks, I'm nothing on my own. I make mistakes, I so often slip, I'm common flesh and bone, but I'll prove one day just why I say I'm of a special kind, for when he on the cross thank God I was on his mind you see the look of love was on his face and thorns were on his head blood was on scarlet robe and it stained a crimson red and though his eyes were on the crowd that day he looked ahead in time for when he was on the cross oh I'm so thankful y'all I was on his mind. He
Amen. What a blessing. Thank you, guys. You know, I, I think it was about 10 years ago, Megan was singing here at one of our revivals. Isn't that right? About 10 years. It's been that long? Seven-ish years? A while, anyway. Uh-oh. Nope. Wouldn't do that. Wouldn't do that. <laughs> but it's good seeing you here this morning, and thank you for blessing us with that, honey. Both of you guys. Sorry, sorry, sir. I did... I remembered Megan there for a while, sorry. Amen. Well, isn't it great to be in God's house this morning? And I pray that you've already been blessed, but we're going to see what the Word says this morning as well. If you have your Bibles, turn to the book of Jonah. Actually, you can mark several different places this morning. We're going to be in Jonah. We're going to be in Judges. So look at Jonah 1, Judges 16, and Matthew 26. At least those three this morning. Different passages of Scripture. If you haven't ever noticed, all you got to do is look up here at me, but you may have noticed God has a sense of humor. Amen? Amen. He does. God has a sense of humor. And I came across the story, and it was kind of funny how God illustrated that sense of humor to a young pastor one time. He was a young man. He was still in school, and he was offered an opportunity uh, to come preach in New Bethlehem Baptist Church in Pennsylvania. Well, he was so excited about getting to go and preach, so he he gets home, he makes sure he sets his alarm for he has ample time to get to the church the next Sunday morning. However, unknownst to him, his roommate comes in thinking, oh, I just lost my mic there. The roommate comes in and says, okay, hold on, this isn't going to work. Barry, come here a minute, would you? You have possession of that jacket now, sir? Yes, sir, I do. <laughs> you ready to preach? That, that, that's the magic jacket right there, brother. <laughs> All right. Now that Barry's preaching. Now, anyway, this young man, is, the, the, his roommate comes in and says, uh, he looks at the clock and says, he's got the alarm set. We don't have to get up early tomorrow, and he turns the alarm off. Well, the, the young man wakes up. He's about an hour late now to, to, to where he wanted to be, and he, he hurries. He gets ready. He gets to the church, and he's about 35 minutes late for church service, and, and he's just flustered, but he gets up there. The people are looking at him. He gets up in front of the church, and he, he says, okay, everybody, I want you to turn to Romans 13, 11. Now, if y'all don't know what Romans 13, 11 states, it's Paul, he's talking to the Romans. He says, knowing that now is the time, it's high time to awake out of your sleep. Now, all the people are looking at him saying, you overslept. You hear the, the, the humor there that God would put a message on him about sleeping when he was actually oversleeping. That drove that message home. God has a sense of humor where he brings things together like that oftentimes in church. He'll bring something to our attention and make us think about it just a little bit. Many of us today tend to look at sleeping. And that's what I want us to look at this morning as something that is just a glorious thing. And it is. Sleep is a, a, a beautiful thing. Uh, I was able to get away this past week, as you, some of you guys know, with uh, Matt and Delisa. And we just went and we enjoyed it. And it was nice. One of the best things, we got to ride the motorcycles up in the mountains and all around. But the best thing was no responsibilities and sleep if I wanted to. 
get up when I wanted to. Sleep can be an incredible blessing. It, can, it refreshes the body. It makes everything work right. It can give us strength. It give us, gives us a new will. In fact, enemies of our state, enemies will try to sleep-deprive the others because if you get deprived of sleep, you become irritable. You make mistakes. Sleep is a great thing. You know, in Japan, uh, 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 Morgan, uh, Kobe is back this morning. She got to spend a, a while in Japan. But in Japan, they even have what's called yawn breaks. Because they, they've done studies, and they said just yawning, yawning in itself stimulates the brain. There's a, a transistor company in Japan that scheduled in yawn breaks. So everybody at the same time, at specific times throughout the day, raises their hands up and yawns. That sounds weird. Sounds humorous. But it works. Sleeping, they, they, they said that their, their production just increased tenfold after they incorporated yawn breaks. I say all this for this reason. Sleep is a good thing. We see sleep happening throughout the scriptures. They're, they're, we, we see people falling asleep. If you remember, and some of it's rather odd timing, Abraham. If you remember, Abraham fell asleep while God was talking to him in, Gen in Genesis 15, 12. Now, we tend to get upset if we fall asleep while we're praying. and We think, oh, no, God's going to zap us. God was talking to Abraham when he fell asleep. Yeah, it, it, it's normal. Our human bodies, we fall asleep. Daniel slept in the lion's den. Hungry lions around, but yet the, the king has insomnia up in, in the palace. Uh, we know that Peter slept very soundly. Remember in Acts chapter 12, he's to be executed the next day, but it says what? He's chained to the wall asleep between his two guards. When we are at peace with the Lord, we can have that sleep. But sometimes the preacher just runs on. If you remember in Acts, so when Paul's preaching, and Eutychius falls out of the third story window because Paul just wouldn't shut up. <laughs> Luckily, God brought him back life, you know. So don't go sleep on me, because I'm not going to guarantee you I'll go pray over you to bring life back if you fall out. <laughs> seriously, seriously, sleep is something that's a wonderful thing. But it can be bad as well. If you remember when the ten virgins, they fell asleep while they were waiting on the bridegroom as they went searching. There, there's times that sleep is not good, though. And all, there, there's a sermon in every one of those passages of Scripture. But what I feel as though God's laid on my heart this morning, I saw a headline this past week that just just grab my attention, if you will, and God kind of used it as a catalyst to bring together the message for this morning. Take that headline and couple it with what we were able to go and, into. It's called Sight and Sound Theater, and we saw an incredible presentation of the story of Samson. And we, we were able to purchase that on DVD, so we'll be showing that here at the church here soon as well, because it was an incredible production. But I had this these, these things rolling in my head before I ever saw the production. And then there was one moment in that production, and I realized as Samson laid his head in the lap of Delilah, that's where we are so many times. That is where we are, tend to be. We, we, we forget about the, the dangers of sleeping spiritually. Yes, sleeping is a great thing. It is a blessing for this physical body. But spiritually, this is not a time that we should be asleep, folks. We should not be asleep when the time that God is calling us to do something. In the book of Jonah, in chapter 1, look at verse 3. It says, Jonah got up to flee, the tar flee Tarshish from the Lord's presence. He went down to Joppa and found a ship going to Tarshish. He paid the fare and went down into it to go with them to Tarshish, Tarshish from the Lord's presence. Then the Lord hurled a violent wind on the sea, and such a violent storm arose on the sea that the ship threatened to break apart. 
The sailors were afraid and each cried out to God. They threw the ship's cargo into the sea to lighten the load. Meanwhile, Jonah had gone down to the lowest part of the vessel and had stretched out and fallen into a deep sleep. The captain approached him and said, What are you doing? Sound asleep. Get up. Call on your God. Maybe this God, your God, will consider us and he won't per- we won't perish. Come on, the sailors said to each other. Let's cast lots, then we will know who's to blame for the trouble we're in. So they cast lots, and they, and they cast lots, and the lot singled out Jonah. Then they said to him, tell us who is to blame for this trouble we're in. What is your business, and where are you from? What is your country, and what people are you from? And he answered them, I am a Hebrew. I worship Yahweh, the God of the heavens, who made the sea and the dry land. Then the men were even more afraid and said unto him, what is this you have done? For the men knew he was fleeing from the Lord's presence because he had told them. So they said to him, what should we do to to you to calm this sea that's against us? For the sea was getting worse and worse. And he answered them, pick me up, throw me into the sea so it may quiet down for you. For I know that I'm to blame for this violent storm that is against you. Nevertheless, the men rode hard to get back to dry land, but they could not because the sea was raging against them more and more. So they called out to the Lord. Notice that. They called out to the Lord. Please, Yahweh, don't let us perish because of this man's life. And don't charge us with innocent blood. For you, Yahweh, have done just as you have pleased. Then they picked Jonah up, threw him into the sea, and the sea stopped its raging. Now we're going to stop there in this story. I think we know the, the story of Jonah and different parts of the story of Jonah. But what I wanted us to grab this morning out of that story to begin with is that Jonah is a picture of the believer. He is a picture of you and I. He was told by God, go to Nineveh, the capital of the Assyrian Empire. Get over there to Nineveh and warn them to repent or they are going to be judged. A city of about 120,000 people, approximately 48 miles wide, Jonah had clear understanding what it was he was supposed to do. He knew, had knew clearly what it was and where it was he was supposed to go. He knew how and what he was supposed to say. Everything was done well for Jonah. God presented it very clearly, but yet Jonah goes the opposite direction. He heads as far as he can. He goes to Spain, the farthest known point to the west. He does everything he can to run away from what God's telling him to do. And he heads that direction, and he was getting as far away as he could, as he, at least he thought, from the will of God. Have you ever noticed that when we have been told to do something, when God has called us to go forth and proclaim a message, when God has called us to go and do something for someone, when God is telling us to do something and we don't like it, and we think we can run from him, that we can't sit still? When we are running from God, there is no peace. There is no rest. We get restless. We get unpeaced. We get, uh, we get all messed up inside. When we are running from it, whatever it is that God has called us to do, we just can't rest in a peace that we know that we should have. In fact, We need to understand this morning that even though we think we're running away from doing God's will, even though we think we're we're running from something or another that God has called us to do, you may be able to fool me or someone else, but the fact is that what you are trying to do with God, when you think you are running, there is no way that you can ever outrun him. You may be here this morning, and, and God's already bringing it to your attention. Whatever it is that you're thinking you can outrun, Whatever it is, you're running the opposite direction. Maybe he's telling you it's time to to give up that habit, and you're putting it off. You're not going to know peace. You're not going to know rest until you give up that habit. 
until you give it to the Lord. Maybe he's telling you to, to give up that grudge that you keep clinging to. Even though you know God's telling you to give it up, to mend that fence, to extend an olive branch. Maybe you're continually holding on to that grudge. And God's saying, you're not going to have peace. You're not going to have rest. You're not, the, the sea is going to continue to roar around you because you're choosing to run the opposite direction. Maybe, it's the self, maybe you're not putting that self-control uh, uh, um, in your life about your eating or your gossiping or your mouth or whatever it may be. Your tongue is running away with you. Whatever it is that God is calling you to task on, whatever it is he has called you to do, when you choose to run away, when you choose to head away from what it is God's called you to do, there is nothing but, but raging seas awaiting you. There is not going to be any peace. It's not going to be restful. Maybe he's telling you it's time to get back into your prayer life. Maybe he's telling you you're not being vigorous enough about your reading of the word and the sharing of the word. Maybe he's telling you just get out there and be a witness. What I'm trying to say this morning, guys, in this aspect is that when we are running away from something, we need to stop and realize no matter what it is, there is no escaping an almighty God. We need to stop and focus. God, what is it you would have me to do? Jonah was asleep. He knew what he was supposed to do, but yet he was unconscious of God's dealings with what was going on around him. It was hurting and destroying others. In the Bible, when we see sleeping, oftentimes it means a, a, a carnal indifference to, to spiritual things, an insensitivity to divine things. When it says he was asleep, God was putting forth his, his, his wrath, but Jonah was spiritually asleep. And when his life was in the greatest peril, he was asleep. Folks, I would submit to you this morning that that is the condition of many Christians and that is the condition of the church, not just this church or not even just the church in the United States. That is the condition of the church in the world today. I'm afraid that we have allowed ourselves to become spiritually asleep and whatever the enemy is using, whether it be Islam or any other faith or any other action or humanistic ideas, he is taking ground and making headway because we as the church, we as Christians individually, have allowed ourselves to get spiritually asleep, put our heads in the ground, and just say, oh, well, it's God's problem. Well, if it's God's problem and you're his, it's your problem as well. And he has told us to wake up and share with Nineveh. He's telling us to be about the work that he's called us to do. Jonah was asleep in the, in the most precarious time of his life, and here he is in the bottom of the boat, asleep. Folks, right here in America, there are people who are getting elected into the office that their primary purpose is to destroy the Christian values that this country was based upon. And yet, the church and many Christians are asleep and never even notice or do not care about what's happening. Oh, it's somebody else's problem. When God has told us and given us the opportunity to vote, when he's given us the opportunity to speak, when he's given us the opportunity to share the scriptures, to share truth, the truth shall set you free, God has given us that ability. He has commanded us to share that. He has told us to go forth and proclaim it. When we choose not, we are no different than Jonah. We are running the opposite direction and the sea is raging and it's swallowing people up because we choose to sleep through it all. Folks, we have got to wake up spiritually. The church is being destroyed globally from within while Christians are asleep. 
while Christians choose to roll over and play dead. Children are being slaughtered every day, and Jesus made sure we knew how important children were to him. When he said, suffer the children to come on to me, he said, no one should hamper their coming on to him. Better that a millstone be tied about their neck and they be thrown into the deepest depths than to hamper a child. But yet we stand by, many of us, and say it's somebody else's fight while children are being slaughtered or beaten or sold into slavery and all different kinds of slavery. All this is happening and we just go on about our lives like it's no big deal. Folks, we are asleep and it's time to wake up. Amen. It's time that we need to get moving and sharing the gospel, sharing the truth with a world who is choosing more and more and more to turn away from God. And God's saying, now is the time. The time is nigh. Share the gospel. Go and invite them to the wedding feast. Be and let them know the bridegroom is coming. But instead, we go and we sing some pretty songs. We go to church on Sunday and live the week like any other week. And we're hiding our head in the sand. And I would submit to you, there are people saying, what are you doing asleep right now? All this happens while the, while the Christian just stands back, spiritually sleeping. We have been blessed, at least in this country, with a way to, to stop this onslaught. We have been blessed in many ways to share the gospel, but yet we sit back and watch the enemy attack over and over and over. Folks, these are perilous times in our world. And I'm not trying to say, oh, this is fake news or give you this news or that. I don't care what CNN or, if, or Fox or whoever else says. I'm saying that Jesus Christ has laid it out scripturally for us what's going to happen, but I would submit to you, it's happening. We can see it happening, and therefore we should be able to realize the urgency that God has put within us to share the message, not be asleep, but wake up and say, here I am. Here, the, the church is dying. The church is hurting. The church is bleeding. You must come to know to Christ. You must come to know who he is. Folks, the storms of satanic attack are not just coming against this nation. It is coming against the church. And when you watch the news, if you was to hear the media the way they present it, the church is losing. I am afraid that we are not only asleep, but when we are asleep, we don't realize we're imperiling other people. It's not just ourselves. Well, we think, well, as long as I'm okay, it's all about me. Folks, our disobedience to do whatever it is that God is calling you to do, when you say, well, I'm going to let brother so-and-so or sister so-and-so do it, our disobedience hurts and imperils others around us, whether it be our families, whether it be our neighborhoods, whether it be our church, whether it be our nation, our state, whatever it is, when we are not doing what God's called us to do, when we choose to bury our head in the sand, we are setting other people up to fall. And I would ask, how in the world can we continue to, to calmly sleep in the midst of the storm when God is calling us? Notice the others on the ship with Jonah. Notice those other people. Men that didn't even know God were crying out to God for help. Men who didn't even know who Yahweh was said, Yahweh! Don't do this to us. Men who didn't even have a clue who they were praying to realized only God can save us from this. Folks, people today are crying out. And we as a church, rather than telling them about who they are crying out for, rather than sharing the gospel, we gather together with one another in our nice little bubbles. But God says, go into the highways and the byways. Quit judging and hurting and pushing people's face in the mud and start picking them up and start loving on them and let them know, I don't care what you look like. I don't care who you've been. I don't care what lifestyle you've had. From this point forward, you can know Christ. The only way we're going to do that is if we wake up. As long as we stay asleep, we're going to dream about how it used to be. 
Or we're going to think about, oh, well, you know, God's going to handle that with sisters. And we're going to have all these dreams. It's time to break out dream world and be the dirty hands and feet that God's called you to be. One of my boys made me so proud uh, two weeks ago. He did something. I said, why would you? That wasn't your job. Why would you do that? And he said, Daddy, you taught us that if it had to be done, somebody had to do it. And I was there, so I just did it. Oh, he listened. Yes. How many times has God told us that? You're the one. Well, pastor can do that. The deacons can do that. When God says, no, I've called you to do that. Folks, so many times we just fall asleep, and we're sleepy in so many ways, and we're indifferent to what's going on around us in the world. Now, sure, we may talk about it. The church may go to lunch. You know, we'll go to lunch, and we'll talk about, oh, do you see them abortionists out there? Or we'll talk about the, the homosexual lifestyle, or, and we'll talk about those people rather than going and loving on those people. Rather than calling them names and telling them that they're all wrong and they're going to burn in a devil's hell, what if we went and told them about, but my God still loves you and you don't have to go there. And he has a place for you and he can redeem your life and you can have joy and peace and power on this side of glory and the other side if you come to know the Lord whom I serve. Rather than always being hateful and ugly and taking the easy road out, maybe God's telling you it's time to get down and dirty and in amongst them and preach the gospel which means you have to be awake. You have to study to find yourself approved. You have to take the word of God and allow it to move through us. Folks, we are to be awake. We are to be working. We're to be sharing the gospel. However, just like Jonah, we've been called to, to witness to the multitudes. There are multitudes that, that, are, that are lost hanging under the doom of God's judgment. God told Jonah, this is what's going to happen if you don't go and witness to them. Now go and preach. Folks, I would submit to you that God through the New Testament has told us this is what's going to happen to these people unless you go and you preach. Folks, the message is the same. And we point fingers at Jonah and say, well, he was an idiot. Why was he running? He deserves to be in the whale. Well, I would submit then that we are just as dumb and should be in the whale too. Because he's told us about it. He's told us what to do, but we fall asleep. Nineveh represents that, that, that vast world of lost people that need reaching, and it's the same world today. Without our efforts, folks, there's going to be a whole lot of folks who are going to perish in a devil's hell if we don't get up and get moving. We need to awake from the, whatever it is we're slumbering in and accept the mission that God has given us. Just like that captain. What did that captain say to Jonah? He says, how can you sleep at a time like this? Get up and pray. Now, the good news here is that Jonah, if you finish the story, if you can go back and read it later, but Jonah repented. And when he repented, he fulfilled his mission that God told him to do. And the whole city of Nineveh comes to know Christ. But the key thing is, the first thing, Jonah repented. Jonah realized, yeah, I've been asleep. His first objective was to get up and say, God, I am sorry. And you know what happens? The Bible says that when he looked to the Lord and asked for forgiveness, it says, then the word of the Lord came unto Jonah a second time. You know what that means? The word of the Lord came on to Jonah a second time. That means that God renewed his invitation to allow Jonah to speak and represent him to the people, to the men. 
It, when we, we may have been asleep, we may have missed opportunities, but when we repent, when we turn our eyes back onto the Lord and say, Father, forgive me, God renewed his anointing over Jonah. I don't care where you've been and how bad a Christian you've been, or you may tell me you've been an apostate, you go to church every Sunday, but you live for the world. I don't care where you've been. I'm saying when you repent from that point on, God can renew. He will pour out that anointing, and you can become the tool that he's called you to be for his kingdom. No matter what it is and how it is you've been sleeping, when Jonah repented, when we repent, God's going to pour that message back upon us. Yes, he messed up. Yes, he, he ran the other direction. But when he repented, he was restored to that original call. And that original call was go and share the message of God's redemption over Nineveh. He went, he did it, praise God, they were saved. If we would do the same thing. But instead, we allow ourselves to get lulled. Look, at, look in Judges. In Judges chapter 16. In Judges chapter 16. In Judges 16, verses 18. When Delilah realized that he had told her the whole truth, she sent this message to the Philistine leaders. Come one more time, for he has told me the whole truth. And the Philistine leaders came to her and brought the money with them. Then she let him fall asleep on her lap and called a man to shave off the seven braids upon his head. In this way, she rendered, rendered him helpless, and his strength left him. And then she cried, Samson, the Philistines are here. When he awoke from his sleep, he said, I will escape as I did before and shake myself free. But he did not know that the Lord had left him. The Philistines seized him, gouged out his eyes, and they brought him down to Gaza and bound him with bronze shackles. And he is forced to grind grain in the prison. Folks, I think not only are we asleep, not only do we allow ourselves to fall asleep spiritually, I don't think we realize we are sleeping while we're in the very presence of the enemy. The enemy is amongst us right now. The Bible says that the, the battle is raging around us every day. Folks, there is a battle raging right here in this building. Whether you see it or not doesn't change the fact that Satan is wanting to take out each one of us. He is working in the hearts and minds of people and, and some people. I pray that every one of us in here is just as holy as we can be and we're right where God wants us to be. I have a feeling that wouldn't fit every one of us because I'm here. But that enemy is moving. He's working right now. When Delilah saw that she, that she could uh, uh, take care of this, when she realized that she had heard everything from him, she sent word to the Philistines, I've got him. Folks, I want you to know this morning that the child of God, and this is a doctrinal statement. You can write this down. You can take this to the bank. The child of God is invincible. Oh, pastor, what would you say? The child of God is invincible. Think of the picture of Samson right here. He was anointed and he was commissioned, but he was compromised. That's what happens to us oftentimes, guys. You see, the devil can't subdue a child of God as long as he's walking with God. As long as he's in the presence of God, when he is walking with God, when he has got the Holy Spirit of God amongst him, as long as we are walking with God, there is nothing that Satan can do. There's many scriptures here. If you remember 1 John 4, 4, it says, Greater is he that is within you than he is of this world. Or what about Isaiah chapter 54? It says, No weapon formed against you shall prosper. Nothing. 
We are more than conquerors through Christ Jesus who strengthens us. Or if you remember in James chapter 4, he says, Submit yourselves unto God and resist the devil. Why? Because he will flee. 1 John chapter 5, it says that the wicked one cannot touch him. Talking about the Christian. Verse after verse after verse after verse speaks to the fact that we are, are, are anointed. When we are standing in the presence of God, the enemy can do nothing. In 2 Chronicles, it says, Be not afraid, for the battle is not yours, but God's. It's God's battle. So the devil's plan is really simple. He knows that as long as you're walking with God, there's nothing he can do. But if he can get the child of God to fall asleep, if he can get the child of God to walk away from God, if he can get that, that child of God to turn his back on God, if he can get that child of God to get arrogant and cocky or complacent and quiet, if he can get him away from the power of God, he can allure him to do things that's going to destroy his witness. And that's where we as a church are allowing ourselves to go. We are falling asleep. We are putting our heads right in the lap of the enemy. You know, Delilah, her name's got many synonyms, seductress, temptress, uh, 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 vampire, but, but her, her name actually means one who weakens or uproots or impoverishes. In other words, she takes away. She was bribed by the Philistine lords to take down Samson. And I'm sure she became a hero amongst Philistine people. But I would submit to you this morning that Satan hasn't changed his plan. Four times she lied to Samson. Oh, if you loved me, you would tell me what, what gives you strength. And eventually she was so beautiful and she said it so well, he allowed her to lull him into telling her his, his power, into giving it over to her. Think of that picture. It's an, to me, it's a terrible picture of him falling asleep in her lap. And I picture Delilah like a praying mantis or a spider ready to just pounce on them. How incredibly diabolical to lure him to sleep in her own lap, stroking his hair, if you will, as she was plotting on how to destroy him. Folks, Satan has not changed that. If he can lull us asleep into his lap, if he can tell us, oh, it's okay, there's nothing bad going to happen here, just go to sleep. Let somebody else deal with it. Just close your eyes, let that pastor, let that, that, that mega church guy, you know, he's got all kinds of influence. Who are you? You're one little person out in the middle of Sutherland Springs. You're one little person out in the middle of Luling. You're one little person out in the middle of Nowhereville. Whatever it may be, just go to sleep. Let them big time people handle this. And what he's doing is lulling you into his lap. And while he is ready to prance, the world is falling down around you. Satan has not changed, guys. He's still doing the same thing today. He's doing that to many of us today. He may allure us through beautiful women. He may do it through a financial success so we don't have to worry about money anymore. He may lure you through, through prestige so nobody can push you around anymore. You can, you can be top man on the ladder, whatever it may be. He is going to lure you away from God with whatever the temptation is that can bring you away because the further he can bring you away from God, the more soundly he can put you to sleep. And how tragic it is, folks, when the, when the Christian falls asleep in the arms of the enemy. But that's what happens. That's what happened with Jesus standing right there. When Jesus desperately needs us, oftentimes, is when we fall asleep. When he's wanting us to do something. In Matthew 26. In Matthew 26 this morning, verse 36. Well, if I can get there. 
in Matthew 26, verse 36. Then Jesus came with them to the place called Gethsemane. And he told the disciples, sit here while I go over there and pray. Taking along Peter and two sons of Zebedee, he began to be sorrowful and deeply distressed. Then he said to them, my soul is swallowed up in sorrows to the point of death. Remain here and stay awake with me. Going a little farther, he fell face down and he prayed, My father, if it is possible, let this cup pass from me, yet not as I will, but as you will. Then he came back to the disciples and found them sleeping. And he asked Peter, Couldn't you stay awake with me one hour? Stay awake and pray so that you won't enter into temptation. The spirit is willing, but the flesh is weak. Folks, as far as I know, this is the only time that Jesus implied for his disciples to pray over him. Because this was his hour of greatest need. This was the hour that was befallen him as a human being. Salvation of mankind hung in the balance. He was already betrayed. His arrest was only an hour away. He was one hour from the torture and the death that he knew was going to come. He had all this upon his mind. Satan was going all out, using all his power, trying to tempt him to turn him away from God's plan. Everything was against him. And the, the, the fear of torture and death as a human being, all this stuff was piling upon him. And he turned to his disciples and he said, support me here. Pray for me here. But what did they do? They forgot and fell asleep. Here he is doing everything he can as, when he was a, as a human being upon this earth. And he's asking, please pray for me right now. And yet he comes back and they're asleep. And folks, it wasn't just he who was tempted. It was going to be temptation to the disciples too. That, that, that they were supposed to be praying, not sleeping. But yet we know Peter that he singled out, denied him three times. Because he didn't have that strength, that interior strength. He didn't have that prayer time. And therefore, even though his spirit was willing, his flesh was weak. After our lives end, our ability, our capability to see souls won for the, from, from the lost is over. We will never have a time again that we will be able to make an eternal difference for Christ. When we breathe our last, you can say, but I know the Lord, I'm going to go to heaven. Hallelujah, that's true. But never again will we have that chance to change someone's destiny from hell to heaven again. It's only on this side of glory that we need to be spiritually awake. It's only on this side of glory that we can build that testimony that when we get to heaven, we can sit and just praise God for all the souls that are going to be in heaven because we chose to glorify Him. And when we take that final breath, there is no more opportunity. There isn't any. The time to be awake is now. We are needed now. Only for a few short hours are the harvest fields ready to, to harvest. But yet God says the, the harvesters are few. They're, the churches are full, but the harvesters are few. Folks, when Jesus is calling on us to work, we need to be about sharing those invitations. We need to be out there beating those bushes. We need to share the gospel you can look at the disciples and say, man, couldn't you stay awake for one hour? But what did they do for the rest of their lives? They, each one of them led others to Christ. They started the church. They started the apostolic church. We are here today because those men never gave up. Sure, they fell asleep for an hour, but they woke up and repented and lived the rest of their life for Christ. What about us? They're going to look at us and say, couldn't you just spend a few years sharing the gospel? 
Couldn't you just get your head out of the sand in that church and go out there and share the gospel? There's people outside these walls that need to hear the gospel. They need to hear who Jesus Christ is. They need to see Jesus in our lives. They need to understand that God is real. And they're going to say, where were you? You know what Proverbs chapter 10, verse 5 says? He who gathers his crops during the summer is a wise son, but he who sleeps during the harvest is a disgraceful son. The harvest is now. I believe that proverb is written for a time such as this. It is time for us to wake up. There's an old parable, if you will. It's called the parable of the procrastinator. Three devils come to try to, to lead people away from Christ. To conquer the world, if you will. And the first devil, he comes down and he starts preaching the message. And he's going out there and he's claiming, there is no God. And he's steadily preaching, there is no God. Well, the people, even though they acted as if there was no God, they knew deep down in their heart, nah, I don't believe that. Even though they lived like there was no God, deep down there was something that said that message isn't true. So he failed. The second devil comes down and he says, I'm going to conquer the world. And he says, there is no sin. And even though the people lived like there really was no sin, they knew deep down, no, that can't be right. Deep down they couldn't lose that conviction. No, I think there is sin in this world. But the third devil, he was pretty smart. You see, he came down... And he wasn't going to attempt to change people's convictions. He realized, if I, I, I'm going to be smart about this. And he come down amongst the people, and he, he didn't argue the convictions that they had. He didn't tear them around. He just said, oh, there's no hurry. There's no hurry. Yeah, God exists. You're absolutely right. Oh, yeah, sin. Man, yeah, sin exists. God exists. Sin exists. But, you know, there's no hurry. God hadn't been here this long. Why would he come now? Sit back, take it easy, and just ride this out. And the parable says that he succeeded because everybody stuck their head in the sand and did nothing. Folks, we need to wake up. When Christ comes again, there's two kinds of people. We'll stand side by side. But when he calls his home, one will stay and one will go. The only ones that are going to enter into the kingdom of glory are those, not that they lived a good life, not those who went to church every Sunday morning, not those that wore the right clothes and drove the right car. Those who go to heaven are those who accepted his grace and his mercy and his, his salvation. For the wages of sin is death, and all, all have fallen short of the glory of God. But if you have been washed by the blood, for it says there is no remission of sin without the shedding of blood, but the blood of Christ has been shed so that whomsoever believes in him. He said, if you will believe I am the Son of God, and I arose on the third day, and you put your profession of me before men, so shall you be saved. Folks, there's a whole lot of people in churches and out there in that world that needs to know Jesus. And the only way they're going to hear about him is when we that do know him wake up, get our head out of the sand, ask for forgiveness, get active, get motivated, 
and do and use whatever the gifts that God's given you individually to share the gospel. I'm not saying you get on the street and preach. That may not be what he's called you to do. But he may be telling you to sing over your breakfast in a hotel and somebody overhears it. He may be telling you to say thank you and God bless you to the lady at the cash register of H-E-B, which starts a conversation. He may be telling you to go next door and tell your neighbor that God loves her even though she throws all her trash on your side of the fence. I don't know. Or maybe he's telling you to go in there amongst that LGBTQ community or outside those abortion clinics and rather than calling her ugly names, saying God still loves you and wants you back in his house. Maybe he's telling you to go into these alternate lifestyles and say, I have another alternate lifestyle, and his name is Christ, and he wants to forgive and redeem and bring you and give you grace, peace, and mercy. Those are just a couple of social issues. Whatever the social issue is, it's time to get our heads out of the sand and quit trying to keep God to ourselves and share the gospel with everybody. Nineveh was a bad place. Jonah knew it. But Jonah also knew that God told him to go anyway. Oh, I'll get hot. I'll get dirty. I'll get this. I'll get that. People will say things. People will see me hanging out with them. People will see me uh, going here or going there. I don't care what people see. What does God see? Go, guys, it's time to wake up. It's time to share the gospel. And maybe you're here this morning, you don't know Jesus, and for the first time you realize, I need to get right with God. And you want to accept him this morning? Hallelujah. Your past, he will wink at, it's gone. There may be consequences to your past actions, but you can become a new creation in Christ Jesus today. If you're here this morning, and you do know him, but you're the one that's been having your head in the sand, and you want to get your head out, praise God. Remember, if your head's in the sand, there's other parts of your anatomy sticking up. God can take care of that, too. Why not get your head up, get looking, and say, Father, forgive me. Use me. Show me. And then be obedient. You want rest? You want true sleep? Start doing and being about what God's called you to do. Whether you be like Jonah, asleep in the, in the bottom of the boat when the storm is raging, or maybe you're already where Samson is, you fell asleep already in the lap of the enemy. As long as there's breath in your body, you can be just like Jesus, say, not my will, but thine be done. And climb back up and be what God's called you to be. Where are you this morning? You can fool me. You can fool Megan, you can fool David, you can fool people, but you can't fool God. Rather than look to your, your spouse or your children, I pray that you look to your own heart right now. Am I doing what I'm supposed to be? Am I awake? Or am I asleep in the bottom of the ship? And Jesus is saying, wow, and why are you sleeping at a time like this? Get up and pray. Could you not pray for just an hour? Where are you this morning, guys? I want to lead us in a word of prayer. This altar will be open. I'd love to pray with you. We can pray down here at the altar. You can pray right where you're at. The good thing is you don't have to tell me. You just need to tell him. 
You can say, from this point forward, I make a commitment, Lord, to go forth into my Nineveh and preach the gospel. The great thing about Samson, even though he fell asleep in the, in the lap of his enemy, he realized and recognized that he just wasn't worthy for redemption. But at the last moment, when, it, when everything seemed lost, Samson said, Father, give me my strength one more time and I'll do what you tell me to do. And he did. Jesus, Lord, talking to the Heavenly Father, the human part of Jesus said, not I pray that this doesn't happen, that this cup pass from me. But not yet, not my will, but thine be done. Are you saying that? Are you willing to say that this morning? I'm not telling you that God's cup is all peachy and cream and rosy. God's cup may be hard to bear. But how glorious it'll be on the other side when we step into his presence and we hear, well done, thou good and faithful servant. Where are you this morning? So I'll stand. I want to lead us in a word of prayer. Chris is going to come up and lead us in altar. Pardon? Somebody else is? Oh, it's just going to be the speakers. Okay. There's going to be music playing on the speakers. But you can come, and I would love to share with you. You can pray at this altar. I'll pray with you. Whatever it is, Lord God, uh, folks, ask the Lord God to come and move in your heart right now. Father, I come before you, and I thank you for this opportunity, this congregation that has gathered together in your name. Lord, sometimes we do fall asleep. We allow ourselves to take the complacent way, the easy way. Sometimes we allow ourselves to be lulled to sleep with our head laying right in the lap of our enemy. Father, I pray in the name of Jesus that you open our eyes, open our hearts, open our ears to what it is you have to say. Thank you for bringing Megan and her husband here this morning, the Pettuses, to share with us. Thank you for allowing your Holy Spirit to speak to us. But God, thank you most of all for your grace and your mercy so that we can lay it all at your feet and be cleaned, cleansed, and made anew, white as snow. If there is someone here today, Lord, that does not know you, may that change. May they feel your presence today. It's in Jesus' name we pray. Amen. As the music's playing, I want to give you just a minute to do some reflection. Look into your heart this morning as God moving amongst you today. Well, thank you, brother. Oh, I've heard a thousand stories of what they think you're like, but I've heard the tender whisper of love and the dead of Tell me that you're pleased and that I'm never alone. You're a good, good father. It's who you are. It's who you are. It's who you are. And I'm loved by you. It's who I am. It's who I am. It's who I am.
I pray if God's been speaking to you this morning that you will let him move in your heart in the way he's called you to do. 
But right now, my brother's come down, and the enemy is attacking, and there's all kinds of stuff going on in his life right now, and he asked if we would come, and if we would corporately just pray for him and over him. So I'm going to ask the, the elders of the church to come forward and lay hands on him. And the rest of the folks, guys, if you can just, just extend a hand. We, we serve a God that's the same today, yesterday, and forevermore. There are those out there who say that God's not in the healing business anymore. That God's kind of set things in motion and now he's stepped back. That's not my God. My God is still alive and well and on the throne. And when we ask and pray for the Lord to bring forth healing, he is going to hear. Now, it's in his will what he chooses to do. But in the name of Jesus, all things are still possible. Amen? All things are still possible. So I'm going to ask you this right now. Before we close this morning, you know, we just preached a message about putting our head in the sand and that we need to wake up. So many times we say, well, you know, it's afternoon. I should be at the lunch time, you know, lubies or whatever by now. Guys, there will be time for eating whenever the time for eating is there. But when God says to pray, let's pray. Amen? So I'm going to ask you to extend a hand. Whatever God's laying on your heart to pray, you pray for this man right now. Pray for his family. And we're going to be praying for him up here right now too. Father God, I do lift up my brother to you and just ask, Lord, in the name of Jesus, that you would just touch his spirit, touch his heart, touch him in every way possible, Lord, to, to be able to bring a peace that surpasses all understanding upon him. We don't understand all the things that goes on in our lives and the trials, the things this man has had to deal with since the tragedy and, and the things people have said and done because of the tragedy. God, may you just hold him, bring him through this. Let him see and remember and know that he is your child, that he has been grafted into your family, not by his doing, but by yours, by the blood shed on Calvary, Lord God, and his acceptance of that sacrifice. He is your child. Father, may he feel your presence overwhelmingly and powerfully so that no matter what the enemy does to try to bring him down, to lull him into a, a self-defeating way or to lull him to sleep even, May he be able to awake and feel your power coursing through his veins. May, he may not have the physical strength of Samson, but may he have the spiritual strength because that strength comes from within and that what's within is you. May your Holy Spirit fill him, anoint him, empower him, and embolden him to go forth and preach the gospel and proclaim in the face of the enemy that's trying to beat him down. May he proclaim your message both to himself and to the world, and through your promises, through your grace, and through your power, may he conquer the enemy, for he is more than a conqueror, because it is you who strengthens him. Lord, indwell his, his presence now, in Jesus' name, amen. Amen. Y'all continue to lift the brother up in prayer, and remember that all of us at one time or another needs prayer. Actually, we always need prayer. But sometimes when we are hurting, we're not called to walk by and give a platitude, oh, I'll pray for you, and just keep on walking. You say, I pray for you, and you don't. Do you know you just lied and used God's name to do it? Let's not do that. Amen? Amen. I pray that you will continue to lift my brother in prayer. Guys, it's good seeing everybody this morning. I praise the Lord for each one of you. Keep looking up and all that you say and do. Also, the Pettises have CDs. If you want to get with them and you, want, you enjoyed their their singing and their, their, their talent that they've shared with us this morning. I want to encourage you to get with them and uh, 
and and help help sponsor their help help their their ministry to go forth and proclaim the gospel as well. We as the church is going to help with that ministry as well. And guys, I just want to encourage you to continue to lift them in prayer too. Amen. Amen. Continue to lift Don in prayer and all those in the prayer list. Guys, keep looking up. Keep keep preaching the gospel and keep doing whatever it is God's called you to do. Amen. Amen. Um, Brother David, would you close us in prayer this morning? Happy, yeah. 
Can't see the same.